When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thanks for watching the Instant Reaction. For full episodes of the Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Okay, we'll go back to this reaction. Um, George, if I was um if I was asked by an alien coming down God, um coming down from from space and that alien had a particular yeah. interest in arsenal's 2023-2024 season for whatever reason uh <laughs> and they were and they were saying show me one game that sums up arsenal this season that would be it mm. incredible moments of individual brilliance wasteful finishing somehow still getting it over the line couple of dodgy moments refereeing decisions going against us it felt like the entire apotheosis of our season we got through it and we're top of the league well look i i think uh it was an important game for us today i you could tell how much it meant to Mikel. i i think throughout the entire match there was a level of intensity look the team brought i think a level of defensive discipline that i haven't seen in quite a few weeks you know i think there was a there was a time where um just martinelli and bakaya saka were doing their utmost to kind of adhere to their defensive duties. I thought Modern Odegaard was a lot higher. There was a, definitely a lot more respect shown, I think, than a lot of opponents in past weeks. And and, and it was brilliant. And I mean, I think uh, as a whole, the, the level of intensity for Mikel from the touchline was huge. I just felt like he took it personally last season and really his record as a whole. He doesn't like this. And um, look, on the match, it was brilliant. I thought we should have left there thinking it was four or five nil. Um, and you know, look, we, we let a couple situations go. I think Ben looked, Ben looked tired to me. Ben has looked tired and Ben looks not right yeah. to me. Uh, maybe, not not, maybe not right for the, for the top of the show, but I, I do still wonder about that possible injury or, you know, if we're if we're going to find out at some point once Tommy, you know, say we do sign someone in January, if we yeah. actually Ben White's undergone a certain small surgery, whatever, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the, I, I do want to pick up on something you said as well, though, that the idea that, you know, we, we are, we're getting it over the line at the minute. Uh, and there was a certain level of respect shown to, to De Zerbi. And I think 
it, what's frustrating to me at the minute is is it feels as though the, the main problem is in that front line. The main problem, and like, it's, and again, it's not a problem necessarily. This is, this is the problem. It, it's when we're so close to where we want to go, we say things like, "All oh, that." The problem is this. It's like it's not really a problem, but we're we're like a few percentages past. And, I was just, and then still coming back to what you're saying about the about Saka and Martinelli, I still felt that the shackles were just still slightly on them, and I was going, "Can this game get over the line with just a little bit more?" from freedom and it's you know it's, it's a couple of percentages and i know we spoke about this on the podcast and stuff but that game today was the game where i felt yeah this is like just can we give them a little bit more i really do wonder um deserby is really great uh pre-match for anfield and uh kind of the, the biggest question mark that i had was the press off the build-up you know arguably deserby's teams are probably one of the best in build-up period um and then i thought declan rice my god um you know, it's tough not to talk about him awesome. enough, but he was just incredible. In terms of the first pass into midfield, the amount of times that we almost opened that lane for him to just snap that first time ball into midfield and he just explodes through the ranks. And I think, look, this is a boy that I feel confident going to any stadium in the world with and saying, we have a chance to dominate the midfield and not just a chance, but we likely will. Yeah. And that's that's a level of aura and confidence that um, that only comes from special players. Yeah. And the reason I want to highlight that, because it wasn't just him, Martin Odegaard on his birthday, I thought was incredible. When he minimizes his touches, he is a different type of player. And I thought he was confident. He had a little bit about him today for sure, but he was efficient in his touches. And that's what I loved. I thought those two in particular, we won the midfield battle uh, convincingly. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I, I do find it crazy that we only played Brighton at home last in May. You know, think about how they, you know, of course they, you know, didn't they don't have Caicedo now, they got McAllister now, but it feels as though Rice really is that difference. Hello, Babs. Hello, mate. How are we doing? How's Dubai? Uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice. You know, I can, I can actually enjoy it now after a win right. like that. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it was a nice performance, man. At halftime, I must have put out a tweet and I must have said like, you know. Uh, it's insane that how dominant we were in this game in terms of XG. I think Brighton had zero shots on target. And I had a lot of people saying, oh, but we ain't scored yet. So it doesn't matter. I was like, listen, relax. Performance is very good. Goals are going to come. And then when Jesus scored, I was like, okay, man, vindication. Um, but yeah, Kai Havertz scoring a goal is always nice. Uh, it just hits different. Like it. Easy win, I'd say. Um, and I almost like, I think this, this performance kind of was there from the start. The way we started this game, the aggressive pressing, the aggressive play. I think the Arsenal players wanted to make a statement because of last season, you know, because the way that in the last few seasons, Brighton have come to the Emirates, they've beaten us. I think the Arsenal players wanted to remind them, listen, mate, you're just a seagulls, relax. Um, and a bit of a G-check, which is, which, you know, I love to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have a look at the stats here from Scott Willis, as always. Thank you so much, Scott. Um, so, yeah, 2.6 expected goals to 0.5. Let's, let's talk about that. That feels like it's, I was expecting a 3.8, maybe even a 4. We had a lot of chances, right? But I think it was just like a shot we hadn't taken yet. So it kind of was a thing where we get into the final final part of the pitch and cut it back and then just don't shoot. There was that early good chance right at the start of the second half where we kind of had that. Where we get in the right area and try to cut it back and then just don't shoot. But um, I think, as you can see from the expected threat created, that we were getting you know some decent chances. Kind of amazing when you think about their expected goals when I think most of that should come from the Pascal Gross chance at the end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and as a whole, really, they did nothing all game. And... Uh, I think I, when's the last time that Robert Deserby has uh, taken out three players, namely Evan Ferguson, 
and in such a, a, a kind of shakeup after what, 60 minutes, 65 minutes it was, yeah. it was just, it was incredible. Well, it wasn't working for them. He started making changes. Obviously there was the, there was the development change, but he started making changes pretty like in the second half, maybe 50 minutes, 52 minutes. Yeah. Like that. It was really early. Um, and that's all that matters, boys. It's all that matters. We could, we could, we could so relegate as long as we win the field till uh, composition. That's all that matters. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I do want to come to well, let's let's start talking some individual performances. Martin Erdegaard today, I on his twenty fifth birthday, I thought maybe one of his best best performances in an Arsenal shirt, certainly one of his best in recent memory. I I thought he was so. I think Georgie mentioned it. Yeah, when he reduces his touches, he was so composed, so calm on the ball. So um, he his, he he almost has this ability in the final third to just slow the game down a little bit assess his options and make the right decision and i think he used to do to do that a couple of seasons ago and i found it really frustrating but i think now because we have more time in the final third someone who's willing to do that is more is more useful and i, and I like it more um but yeah what, uh, george what do you think of erdogan today he's brilliant and he's really becoming an all-phase midfielder it's something i felt as a rule suits him you know he he's somebody that you you shouldn't limit to a particular area of the pitch i thought that he was getting more freedom in this match like when he starts to it's really bad but you know phrasing he, if he feels himself he goes where he wants yeah and and that's the type that's the that's what we need from him and you know i i think a lot of people will critique maybe some of the final action pieces but the work he does in build up and the calm that he transmits about when to go when to when to recycle is a very important quality because most of our players are vertical or want to go in the front line what do i mean Saka is probably the only one that's able to kind of tempo that a bit. Uh, but Martinelli is somebody that's really vertical. Jesus is somebody that, despite doing a lot of work, wants to go forward and be vertical. You know, Kai Havertz today was opening up a bit, looking vertical himself. And so I think just Martin Odegaard in general, when he minimizes his touches, he's able to exert a greater influence on the squad. And we really start to see it. And I think that um, as a whole, all we have to do is make sure that we're getting him in positions that he's able to affect play the most. And when he's able to drop deep, help us get out of places um, that we struggle with in deeper phases, that's when he's at his best. And when he gets more responsibility in that second phase, I think he shines. And I think he gets more room higher up the pitch when he's allowed that space to run into. Too, too many times I feel as though it, earlier on in the season, we had him as the highest midfielder. Mm -hmm. And what that did, it, it didn't just clog... Um, you know, Saka, but on an individual level, it meant that Martin Odegaard found himself surrounded in a very deep block with a well-defended block. And I think he thrives as somebody, you know, who's probably one of the best finishers crashing the box with space. Mm -hmm. So he was brilliant, mate. I mean, he's eye-catching yes. in terms of the technical level today. It was it was on another level. Yeah. But I want to come to you on this because I think this is maybe a good question for you. Uh, at some point, are we going to have to transition as fans away from this thing of like, you know, I, I, I feel it when I'm watching the game. I'm going, we're getting so many chances. We, you know, this is this feels like another one of those games where we, you know, we, we're just going to have so many chances we don't quite get over the line. But actually, most of the time we do. And I think sometimes what happens is we, we have a game like against Villa where we have a lot of chances we don't score. We go, oh, same old Arsenal again. But actually, if you look at the course of the season, if you look at really how it's really gone over the course of the season, most of the time now we are getting it over the line. Um, yeah, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can understand why Arsenal fans are like this because it's not just this season, but even go back to the, the, the days of Arsene Wenger when you had Olivier Giroud as a striker. 
I think fans are used to Arsenal having dominant performances at home, making a lot of chances and, you know, not scoring. So it's kind of a heritage to panic in these moments. Whereas, you know, I, personally at halftime, I said it earlier, I was very calm. I was like, we're making too many good chances. And I think that's the positive is before earlier this year, we, we weren't making those chances. It was a lot of possession with no punch. The punch is there now. It's just about composing yourself a little bit more and just, you know, a lot of big teams make a lot of chances, but they also miss the most chances as well. It's a pretty normal thing. You know, you look at Man City, Erling Haaland is an elite goal scorer, but he also has the highest amount of big chances missed. So as fans, we get it. we've got to get used to it. You can't make 10 chances, score or 10 every game, right? You're going to miss chances. And I think, uh, I get it. You know, Arsenal fans realise there's a massive opportunity here, especially off City's result. But, uh, you know, the Seagulls are being smashed and it's things you love to see. Yeah. So what he says, I'll set this coach on probabilities. Most, most likely we get it over the line with the way we're playing. And I think that's really it, George, isn't it? It's like, you know, we're seeing now the principles. If you keep doing the same thing, you keep crushing the box in the right way, you keep, you know, approaching your man 1v1 in the right way, you keep, you know, circulating the ball in the right way, eventually it will happen for you. And I think that's, I, I maybe as Baz was saying, I'm in my head as an Arsenal fan going, oh, we look good, kind of Wenger era, we look good or whatever, but we're never going to get it over the line. I feel like, I feel like we have moved on from that. Well, I, to be honest with you, I think in the last four to five games, I've, become personally a lot more confident about our ambitions this season because of the amount of chance creation. You know, the one thing that you had mentioned kind of earlier in the pod about how you could take the aliens bird's eye view of our season. I actually don't know if I would say that we've been creative as a whole. Like it really has sparked in the last four or five games. And that's what's really helped for me because I ironically felt that we had to be super clinical in the beginning phases of the season to make sure that we were winning on these probabilities because we had brilliant final third control, but I felt like we weren't generating enough big chances or enough clear chances in the opposition. We were restricted to certain Jones. And I think that right now I'm finding a certain level of creativity from the front line and rotation from the front line that I'm confident if we were to maintain this level of defensive ability and this level of defensive control, as long as we had the chances, I knew we would score. And I don't think we have to be clinical. You know, we talk about, taking the next step forward. We all want that marquee kind of forward to come in down the line. We, we can appreciate that. But I think the big worry for most Arsenal fans approaching this season was, wow, I see this defensive improvement, but what happened to our chance creation? What happened to our ability to access the center of the pitch so fluidly on both sides? Why do we look so uh, stale of ideas in attack? And while I can see us maybe getting into the final third, well, I'm not seeing us generate shots. And so I'm worried. Right now, that's not happening. Right now, I think the team is doing a brilliant job about balancing both. And I know we haven't talked about him, but for me, William Saliba, the manner that he exudes control in that back line is, is something that I haven't seen from a center back in quite a while. And it's just, it, when I combine that with the Declan Rice pinching in midfield and I start to project and I'm going to Anfield and I'm talking about these big games coming forward, I'm sitting there saying, you know what? On the whole, I'm okay with us battling in the deepest cauldrons of Europe, in the deepest cauldrons of the Premier League, because we've got two monsters um, at the back there. And I also include Gabrielle in this, but we've got a level of control that teams feel as though they need to be perfect to beat us. There needs to be a perfect move. It's very rare that you see this Arsenal team carved open at will or isolated. It's normally a brilliant move by the opposition or maybe a slight individual error that causes us to concede a chance. And I think it's really kind of spoken about in the stats where have a look at our set pieces, guys. Not only are we the most 
uh, potent offensive set piece team, which I think was a big story in this match, particularly. We really highlighted that kind of front post crashing. Um, but also defensively, we don't concede corners. And so we're making the margins up on a very uh, broad uh, aspect of the game, not just attacking defensively. We're really making sure that our margins are quite good. And lastly, David Raya, I thought he had a really good game today. Um, that's now a couple on the bounce. He's been confident, and that's what we want to see. I loved how early he released the ball. I felt too many times kind of in that spell where we were a little bit unsure he didn't release the ball quick enough. And that's the one thing I saw at Brentford that I'm like, why aren't you doing it here at Arsenal? You've got brilliant outlets in a different way right now. Release the ball. And I think he was doing it such a good job today. He operated a lot higher, helped us out quite a bit. And as a whole, I, I don't look at too many players today that I felt like could have done better. I thought it was just a very controlled performance. Control, control. I think the alien took over his Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought my Wi-Fi was going to be bad, but Alex has uh, outdone me today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the, the important part for Arsenal fans is to believe now is that that fluidity has arrived now. And I think playing with that front six, if you want to call it, with you got Havertz and Odegaard and you've got Rice as well, if you, if you got a part of that as well, and then Jesus, Martinelli and Saka, what we're starting to see now is just everything clicking into gear. Everything's becoming a bit more, you know, systematic. Everyone knows where to be. Mm. It's all automatic. And I think that comes down to just players understanding where, what Mikel Arteta wants and how they work with them as well. I think the next step is obviously just on the left-hand side, getting Martinelli more involved. But the issue with that is, you know, you've got Havertz, who's a runner. Martinelli is a runner as well. You're going you're gonna to find it very hard to get the best out of him. We've talked about, obviously, Odegaard going to the left-hand side. But with Odegaard right now, I think we found a nice little balance. Well, he still can play on the right-hand side. He can combine with Saka, but he's allowed to drift over. He's allowed to drop deeper as well. So I think right now the keeper is balanced and Arsenal have that balance. And it's very nice to watch. You know, I think, George, as you said earlier, you know, the confidence is growing because, you know, you go to Anfield and what is Anfield, right? I look at it as like a Champions League night. That's what Anfield yeah. is, right? And if you look at how Arsenal are built now with the likes of Rice and, you know, the powerhouse that we have, I'd almost argue that we're built for those Champions League nights, you know, better than some Premier League games because of the way we have, you know, the ability to, we can play short, we can play in behind, we can go long to habits. We've got so many different ways of playing, but you've got that power and strength. You know, Liverpool can see chances and uh, I'm not sure about the result today, you know, hoping that Eric Ten Hag can do us a favour. Not sure what to make of that. But um, if we can go to Anfield and make those chances, which they will concede and, you know, hold them down a little bit more. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying we're confident because you, can, you can't ever be confident at Anfield, but even a draw at this point, but I'm going for the win. I'm going for the win, you know. Go for the win. Lastly, let's not forget we were 2-0 up. And um, I'm not trying to blame Rob Holding for that, you know, the result. But without William Saliba, we go this year with William Saliba fully fit and firing. Gabriel's better than ever. We've got Declan Rice as well, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it could be nice. Yeah, and I, I think uh, the one thing that I was looking at today is I actually felt that Martinelli got quite a bit of the ball, which I was happy with. There was some decision-making uh, moments from him that have been struggling. And I think that just comes from a, a poor period of form in general. Um, the one thing I need to wonder about is, do we continue with the same lineup at Anfield? I don't think we quite have any of the players to really say, can we go with the Thomas Partey, Odegaard, Declan Rice midfield that many people believe could be one of our best. But um, I think approaching this Anfield tie, it's really important that we look at trying to maximize the best of Gabriel Martinelli. And I think Bakayo Saka is on his own level of kind of a unicorn where he will impact the match no matter what, whether we platform him or not. 
And I think I'm just starting to isolate him as a point of improvement in the team. And I think that we've managed to really secure the center of the pitch. We fixed the central access. Now I'm looking at trying to maximize the attack. Now I'm looking at trying to maximize that clinical edge. And I think that we just need to almost simplify some of the things Gabriel Martinelli needs to do. And I'm looking at some moments when he's picking up the ball and he's checking back and he's got options ahead of him and he's not really taking um, either the pass or the shot. And he's almost delaying his decision making. I think we need to somehow simplify his task in the final third because right now he's struggling to really make an impact. And part of that we've talked about before, the dynamic of increasing the Kai Havertz production with Jesus has meant he's a little bit more isolated. As a winger, he doesn't get that same support that he's got last season in terms of some of the rotations with Jesus. We've almost paired and sacrificed that to allow for a little bit more central rotation, which, of course, it has its moments, but I think it leads to a kind of a more inept Gabriel Martinelli, which at its base is a very defensive, astute uh, outlet. That's brilliant. But um, I think as a whole, um, we just need to try to find ways to make sure that we're maximizing his play because right now I find him indecisive. I find him, uh, you know, somebody that's lost his efficiency edge and and we need that. So um, that, that that's one person that I think needs to stop, uh, overthinking his actions and maybe uh, just just believe in himself a little bit more, you know, kind of take the chance. There's a lot of times I always always ask people, you don't need to have pass and complete numbers at 100%. And I need him to take a little bit more risk and to be a little bit more firm. But um, for yourself, mate, maybe to wrap up and in general, what do you feel like was um, your, your, your story of the game, your stock rising, your stock falling kind of as, as we approach Anfield? It's dominance. That's what it was. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't even say surprisingly dominance because, you know, I looked at the performance against Villa and we didn't win the game. And, you know, that's where the narrative comes from. But it was a dominant performance. We made the chances. Villa had no big chances created and Arsenal should have won yeah. that game. So I was confident going into it because we weren't going into it with a, a poor performance and players a bit down in confidence. They would have looked at that game and gone, hang on a minute, we should have won this game. Let's go out to the Emirates State and make a statement against a team that, you know, we deserve to beat. Because it's been a while beating them at home. And um, they've got a very annoying Twitter admin who likes to always tweet up our Arsenal as well. So look, it's good to get a win over Brighton. Um, and I think the dominance is just almost a statement to go, listen, Roberto De Zerbi's sides are always teams that make chances. We're also the first team in 32 league games to keep a clean sheet against Brighton. That is Mikel Arteta going, look, and the same weekend, the Man City dropped points to Crystal Palace at home. The Arsenal are not just here, but we're stronger than ever defensively. And it's a, has, that's a statement on its own, you know. The first team to keep a clean sheet against Brighton in the league this season. Brighton always score, cha- score goals. They always make yeah. chances. They had one chance this entire game. 62nd minute, their first shot on target. And that was offside, by the way. So, it, look, that, that level of performance is why I'm very excited. And the fact that not only we're defending well, but also creating chances consistently, playing with more intensity. The fact that Odegaard's now found a role in a team that suits him better. is starting to slowly click into gear. Um, but as Arsenal fans, we've been there before. We saw us last season. And so I think, if anything, we can see now we're, we're more prepared in terms of, you know, how we are playing, the sustainability of the team. And it's not reliant on pure individuals. It's a real system collective performance. And yeah, Anfield's a, it's interesting because, you know, you can't ever be too confident, but I am confident because I have trust this team. I trust the individuals, the characters. And when you've got that 105 million pound, beautiful man in midfield, I'm always going to believe anything's possible. I mean, I think Arsenal fans might not know this, but last year, Declan Rice put in a masterclass at Anfield, West Ham. Mm-hmm. 
So he, he, he can go to a ground like that and do it. And that ability to drive the ball forwards, it's just beautiful, isn't it? You see the, in the second half, he just drift past the man and just burst forwards. I'm, I'm looking at it going, wow, I was just, you know, what a player. Thank God he plays for Arsenal. Thank God indeed. And, you know, I think this is the point when Alex would be like, we will be there. And that is the, uh, the <laughs> that horrific is impression. We will be that, there. That, that we will try to be. And you know what, guys? I think this was a brilliant day, a brilliant match for us fans. And, you know, I think we finally got one over Brighton. Nobody more happy than Mikel Arteta, I feel, um, on the sidelines. And we move. We move. We go to Anfield next. Um, we will probably be back with another podcast for you guys tomorrow we will talk about this in a little bit more tactical detail and also previewing the Enfield. that's a big game it could be a title decider we've talked how important december could be as a whole but guys thank you so much for sticking with us we appreciate all your support make sure you guys like comment subscribe before you guys head out and we will catch you guys on the next one thank you so much and have a great weekend guys peace peace sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.